Do you want to elaborate that? Like, what, what do you think people are afraid of when they're afraid to trade? Like the truth or what they think they're afraid of? Uh, do both. What they think first and then the truth. Okay, they think they're afraid of a loss. Mm. And if we were to, to go real, I'd, I'd want them to sit with their hands behind the chair and I'd say, liar! And I'd give them a whop, a proper attitude, adjustment, clap, clean across the cheek. They're not afraid of a loss. We control the stake or the lot size. We control the moment we enter. We control the stop loss. We control the target. We're in control. What are we really afraid of? We're afraid of screwing it up as badly today as we did yesterday and tomorrow as bad as we did today. That's what we're really afraid of. The fix for that, stop screwing it up. There's a right way to do it. Do it the right way. There's no gray areas here. There's no, oh, but this is scientifically proven. You can question it. If you can question it, you can prove it. If you can't question it, I agree, then it's bollocks. But there's no question ever been asked of me that I couldn't answer truthfully, honestly, and with a proper measurable answer, like, you know. So what are the secrets? How do some of the most successful entrepreneurs find the freedom that we all got into business for in the first place? How did they find the time, energy, and resources to launch and scale strong? And how do entrepreneurs like us align our time, money, and energy in a way that will allow us to reach what we set out to achieve? These are the key questions, and this community will give you the answers. Welcome to the Prosperity Movement. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Prosperity You podcast. Um, this is where we we have sort of an ongoing list of topics to cover um, to talk to you guys about, they could be about success, specifically about success with trading. We like to dive into that as we do educate people on how to trade properly in the markets. Oh, James is here. Great. I'll pull him out. Um, we, um, yeah, <laughs> we love hanging out and having discussion. This is the, the core internal team of Prosperity Movement. Not all of us, but some of us. And we all kind of have the same viewpoints, but from different sides of the of the of the coin, if you will. And so we're going to kind of have some nice discussions here today um, as soon as James hops in. And if you guys. Sorry, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say, man, you looking good, dude. You get, you're getting lean, bro. Oh, thank you. You Thanks. can see it in your face and everything. Yes, I'm, I'm dome, too. I know. looking good bud so i appreciate you guys all being here if you have questions or comments during our little discussion today pop it in the chat that's why we do this that's why we make it a public thing so that we can interact with you and help you out and maybe even get provide some guidance or wisdom mr james how are you all good thank you super super um i must confess today in the session 2.30. 2.30. I was looking to go long on the NAS. It didn't give me a long. I did not take the short. We missed 150 pips. Oh, however, <laughs> however, in redemption, there is a Todd at 1500. It came at 1506 and it delivered 150 pips. Hey, <laughs> I'll take that. It delivered a bit more, but I stopped at 150 and walked away and thought, I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. And that's yeah, I was very disappointed missing the 150 initially. Um, I felt a bit defeated, a bit deflated. If guys on, he'll be able to um, 
confirm that for you. I didn't want to jump in late. I didn't want to let anyone else jump in late. But hey, you know, it turned out later that they still came. So it was all right. There's always another bus, huh? Exactly. Well, look at this. Guy says that he still managed to make 30 pips during a session. Yeah, I got, uh, what did I get? But I only got 15 in the session, but then 150 after it. So I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 165 pips to be precise. Well, with 70 in the morning. So oh, and 70 in the morning. Uh -huh. 20 and a 50 off the DAX. It's been a good day. So, <laughs> so, so James today made what most people would make if they're making a six-figure income. <laughs> it is August. I've warned you all. August. The Augustness is happening. Let anyone, yeah. and I've got a brilliant post. I'm going to put it on the on their Facebook page later. Actually, Wait hold on, James. You made today what if you, if you, if you were to just like ballpark this thing, like in today's session, you made as much as you'd normally make in the nine to five focus you used to have. In how long? Like, wait. Let, let me give you the. Hang on. Per, per month. So you think he made a month's wages today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a about month. three months' wages today. Yeah. About three months' wages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Today. That's a pretty, it's a pretty decent segue into the topic for today. No um, kidding. And by the and by the way, just, just to really drive it home, I think you were, when you were on salary, roughly a six-figure income. Oh, yeah. I made like, what was it, between fifty and 75000 a year, depending on the bonuses. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So I really like, so James actually wrote emails for this week um, for yeah, the folks that, that have. No, that was, that was, that was also back in 2004 though, right? That's what you're referring to? No, I like my, my job. I quit my job in 12. Oh, gotcha. My salary. I, 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 uh, I started in 2004. I wasn't on a great salary then. But I bought the company in 2005, and then I put myself on a better salary. And the more the company grew, the more I gave myself more. I gave right, myself right, right. things like a fuel card and a credit card that the company had to pay for and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> as yeah. you do. Yeah, right. Love it. So, James, so cool. one of your emails here this week, um, you actually talked about the concept of fear and, and yeah. how sometimes people are afraid to get into trading and uh, I like your line of questioning in that email because essentially you're asking, what are you afraid of? <laughs> do you want to do you want to elaborate that? Like, what what do you think people are afraid of when they're afraid to trade? Like the truth or what they think they're afraid of? Uh, do both what they think first and then the truth. OK, they think they're afraid of a loss. Mm. And if we were to, to go real, I'd, I'd want them to sit with their hands behind the chair and I'd say, liar. And I'd give them a whop, a proper attitude adjustment clap clean across the cheek. They're not afraid of a loss. We control the stake or the lot size. We control the moment we enter. We control the stop loss. We control the target. We're in control. What are we really afraid of? We're afraid of screwing it up as badly today as we did yesterday and tomorrow as bad as we did today. But that's what we're really afraid of. The fix for that? Stop screwing it up. There's a right way to do it. Do it the right way. There's no gray areas here. There's no, oh, but this is scientifically proven. 
Science, you can question it. If you can question it, you can prove it. If you can't question it, I agree, then it's bollocks. But there's no question ever asked of, been asked of me that I couldn't answer truthfully, honestly, and with a proper measurable answer. Like, you know? It's that simple, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I love it. it. We are ultimately in control. And what's interesting to me is like sometimes what, what ends up happening, it's not so much like the market's fault or anything like that. What ends up happening is the individual gets out of control, right? And so the the real fear that you should have is just, am I able to contain myself? Am I able to make wise decisions based on my knowledge of the markets uh, and not get emotional? Yeah. Um, Brian, what do you think about that? And not get undisciplined. I must have a stop loss. It must be there. That's where it's got to be. I can't move it. I can move it in my favor. If I'm in a buy, I can move it up to lock in. If I'm in a sell, I can move it down to lock in. But if it price is coming against me, I can't just give it a little bit more room to breathe. No. No. No, you can't. And you can't scale into a loser neither. If I just double me position, then when it comes back, no. Right. <laughs> Discipline. <laughs> Love it. Brian, what are your thoughts? So uh, my thoughts. Process. Percentage plays equals getting paid. Yep. Follow the process. Get your percentage. Do your number. It sounds an awful lot like the word, you know, skill, which by definition is a learnable thing. Okay. This is not some natural talent. It's something that you have to learn. And if you can learn it, then you can, of course, you can label and define all of these things which means that you can manage and follow a process with these things. <laughs> if, if, it's, if, it's very if, mechanical. If you can learn it, you can earn it. Oh, a lot of people don't or, or forget that it is a learned skill. You're not born with it. It's not like a talent. Oh, yeah, I can sing. I can dance. That's a talent. Football, largely, it's a talent. Things that you play or have a talent for, that's talent. Trading, it's a learned skill. That's it. There's none of this, oh, intuitive, or what, you know? So mm-hmm. you knew that was going to Well, yeah, divergence. If you understand divergence, you can predict it. But there's no other way of knowing other than knowing the facts and knowing the charts. Then you know, you know. And then, then once you know, it can't be taken away from you. I have to oftentimes have people ask me, Travis, is, is this uh, something that's like pretty subjective? Or is it, you know, mechanical and stuff? I, mean, I know what I say, but James, what, what do you say to that kind of question? Is is this subjective? Am I going to learn how I trade? Or, I mean, you get the point, right? Well, both. You, you will learn how you trade. But if you don't do it properly, you'll quickly learn how to do it mechanically so that you know the difference between the two. It is mechanical. There's a decision. It's not yours to make. You know, this is a signal. Is it a good one, a bad one, or a bottom-wiping bad one? That's it. If it's good or great, I'm all over that. I'm having that. That's my signal. If it's bad, no, I'll just let it go. And then like today, it means I might sit there for like half an hour, twiddling my thumbs, bored, disappointed, feeling like I've let members of the community who are in the session with me down because I didn't get you into this cell that's now delivering 150 pips. But it would have been a late, dangerous entry. So... All day, I'll take discipline over, oh, but we've missed out on 150 pips and it's your fault, James. All right, suck it up, dude. There'll be another one. And there was another one. 
unfortunately. Bottom wiping bad. Yeah, that's it. Well, I can't I like think that. of much that's worse than Bottom that. wiping bad. That was good. I'm, I'm getting, I get, I get no. so many cool catchphrases from these podcasts. Add it to the Europedia. <laughs> that bottom was wiping bottom bad. wiping bad, bro. So <laughs> bottom wiping bad. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means, but it sounds worse than just bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you got children? Bottom, have you all got yeah, children? Yeah, bottom yeah. wiping, bro. I'm sorry, what was that, Jim? Have you, everyone here has got children, haven't they? Yes. Was there ever a moment you enjoyed changing a bad nappy and wiping that? No. Things don't get much worse than that, do they now, in fairness? So that's where the phrase comes well, from. Well, actually, if I'm being honest, my ex-wife, when, when we first had our fresh babies, she used to love the smell of their fresh, like, because I don't know what it is about the when, when a baby is fresh, fresh, but I guess it smells sweet or something. I don't know. Just another thing to add to the to the catalog for things. And that'll very do. interesting podcast. I like what you get to eat is. There's a reason she's an ex-wife, mate. You're doing well. There you go. Hey, sounds, like sounds like a new. Anyone who person. likes that kind of thing, there's something wrong in there, mate. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom wiping bad car freshener. That's right. There you go. Janelle, Janelle, you coach a lot of brand new traders, brand spanking new to the industry, uh, or experienced traders who have only experienced loss. Um, I still consider them brand new traders because obviously there's something there that, that they didn't quite grasp. So when they come in, there's obviously fear surrounding that as well. And of course, it's what James said. They usually fear loss. When in reality, they're in full control, so they should really be feeling themselves in their own control. Uh, what do you? What are some things that you've done to help people gain the conf, the self confidence to be able to trade without fear? Um, well, we now start them off a little differently. Like they get the education, they go through the education, they start trading in demo, and then right away, kind of like push them a little bit out of their comfort zone, but in a safe way. So have really simple basic rules that they follow and then they start trading in a live account with a really small amount um, and only a set number of trades a set number of minutes and then they just report their their win rate back to me and that seems to give them like a lot more confidence to to because they're in live and they start with such a small amount that you can say like really if you lost you know like three dollars today what would that do for you? You know, could you yeah, give I'm up? Not, I'm not losing sleep over like it's a learning investment. Like it's not yeah. a loss, it's a learning no, investment. No, it's and it's like a half of th a third of a Starbucks coffee, right? Like you might have to cut back this week. But I get them started really slowly. And another thing that I've actually noticed a lot lately, because binary is a lot faster, like the candles move a lot faster than Forex, watching those candles can bring up a lot of anxiety in people. And so like James said, you know, in Forex, you have your stop loss. And so you have that protection in binary. It's a little bit different. You follow your rules, you take your trade and there's no taking it back. And at the end of that candle, you've won or you've lost. Right. So I'm suggesting to people if, especially like say the MACD, um, if the MACD is what your main focus is, as far as like the indication of what the market's going to do, and then you're just taking it on the appropriate candle, then take your eyes off that candle and go back to the MACD. 
because you just watch them acting and it takes all of that like oh my god go up go up go up or go down go down go down please do this that you have in that like few seconds of the candle and you just watch the macd and honestly if i see the macd change direction i just in my mind i'm just like oh, okay mm. that yeah. wasn't a great choice but i don't have i don't get panicky in the market anymore if i have a lesson yeah. day it's super small and yeah. i'm not i don't can get upset about it i'm just it, i know i'll do better yeah. tomorrow because like james said i don't worry about being as bad as i was yesterday yeah. I just focus super, on being better. And that's it, what we're teaching the students in weekly increments right now. Yeah. So it's it's small in comparison to like the the principle, right? Because like, I mean, as your account gets right. larger, it's still small in comparison to the principle. Like when we get students started, we always start with something small and turn it into something significant. No different than, hey, uh, your first time in the gym, your goal, I want to I want to lift 500 pounds deadlift like you're not doing that on day one it's not wise to do that so the whole point here is we want to help you move commas right so our students start off like you said at those small lot sizes like even with james in phase two your lot size might be 10 cents in the beginning it might be 50 cents and then a dollar and then now it moves like we've got guys like uh uh dave wimbush he took a five dollar account to like multiple hundreds of dollars multiple times it just seemed to be his threshold he was getting to five five hundred to seven hundred bucks and then he'd start it over and then he decided okay well then now i'm gonna go with i'm gonna start from five bucks i'm gonna start with 50 bucks and he's kept on doing it so he's just banking an extra five to seven hundred dollars every few weeks starting with that small amount that's just insane right and then we've got other students that started with what janelle's expressing and then they move commas. So there's $3 days, then it moved to $10 days, then it moved to $20, $50 days, $100, $300 days, $500 days. We got people that are in a few clicks a week paying their mortgage and then some. Like that is methodical. And that methodical approach is also not necessarily like, I loved your email recently, the tortoise and the hare. Mm -hmm. We got the Ninja Turtle approach. <laughs> it's not just a to tortoise approach it's not get rich overnight right but the point is is that it truly is next level um yeah, and yeah it's it's exciting to witness and to your point janelle where don't watch the candles i mean even in james's strategy right james you have a you have a target right so you, really you're just looking at when it's going to come close to your target and then you have to pay more attention to what the bars are doing versus if it gets close to your stop loss that's another time where you're like there or if it's a finger on button play but you're not you're not focused on oh my gosh this bar is up and then down and up and then down and up and then down and you're like oh my gosh i'm panicking it's not like that you have these targets that you're focused on and then it takes the it takes the nervousness out of it because you know I've it's also gonna... got lines that it must stay above or below in order for me to stay in this so right. i might have a 10 or 15 pip stop I'm never going to take it. It might yeah. only go five pips against me. I'm not having that. I'm out. And okay, I've lost five pips, but I haven't let it run all the way to me minus 15. It won't take me long to get five back, you know? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of different cool little like tips and tricks, depending on what phase you're in. If Janelle's coaching you, if James is coaching you, uh, to help you overcome fear of yourself. <laughs> well, there's also the component that when things are new, it's it's uncomfortable okay you get a new job and your first day at work is you know regardless of who you're working with or what you're doing it's you usually people are pretty you know kind of high high intense about it or 
for people who have never gone to the gym before, we will use that expression, right? Uh, it's it's kind of scary to go to the gym for the first time. Like, I don't know what I'm doing and stuff, right? The, the whole point is when things are new, there's a, there's a level of um, kind of like just undertones of anxiety, like what's going to happen? I'm not, I'm not used to this yet. And that's the whole point when we start you slow and get you accustomed and welcomed into the charts. And this is what this, these small baby steps uh, that 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 help you get accustomed and feeling comfortable to start in a demo account and working through a, a processed system to get to one point to the other and then from there you graduate into a live account. Okay, and it's it's very methodical what what these guys have put together for for new for people who are new or people who are new to being consistent, right? Uh, which, by the way, Zach, you you mentioning how there's a difference between people who have traded without consistency and uh, oh, you said there's you value um those who have not been consistent as new traders right yeah. and I was, thinking, I was like what do you mean by that and i was like oh wait if just because you throw a football doesn't mean you can be a football player yeah, exactly. <laughs> right and exactly. so just because you you've been behind a chart doesn't mean you're a trader yet right you're brand new still yeah. you're consistent you're actually yeah. doing what a trader 100, does 100 yeah. now i actually kind of want to back up a little bit here though too because james had mentioned ah, i only take like you know five pip uh, like losses last year, James, you had four losses. Basically, you averaged one loss a quarter. Where are you at so far this year? Three so far, so I'm hitting the same. I was hoping to do better. Um, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm not impressed. I was hoping to do less this year, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you have three losses in the entire year so Your far? Your reputation on the line here, James. I know. <laughs> In fairness, last year it was distraction. I bought something new and I was all thrilled about it. And this year I went and did the same thing. When you look at the dates it happened on, it's there was things going on that was there was you know distraction. Distraction's my enemy. That's the reality. I miss out because of that. I think that's everybody's enemy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You must yeah. have a look at the post I'm about to drop onto the Prosperity Group right now. Because, you know, we were talking about who took what to where. This lady took a £300 account to 1200 since the 9th of August. For her. £300 to £1,200. To £1, and what she wrote is, or was, uh, I can't find it, wait, because I've hit the post button. She wrote, if you see the picture, uh, I started this account to prove James' theory about August. On the 9th of August, I was on holiday midweek, started with 300, now it's over 1,200. I've just popped that in the group. There's a oh, picture of sick. the account and everything. Hold on. Hey, Zach, why don't you uh, share that post? Like, yeah. go show it on Check the page. Out. Check this out. Um, we're going to move... The zoom. See, I always say what gets measured gets managed, you know? Yeah. And there's the proof in the pudding right there. I mean, right there. Augustness. And aren't people normally afraid, James, in August in the summer to be trading? But here we are. You know, I heard from a lot of people that, um, oh, there's no moves. Summer, it's rubbish. There's no moves. Oh, yeah. Early June, maybe. June and beginning of July. And then you still get tens and twenties. August now, you're off your rocket to miss out on that. Like, mm. wow. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to me. A lot of a lot of times, people, <laughs> what's what's truth in that versus what's 
in their own experience, right? So like sometimes people say stuff like that because they tried trading in August once and they did not do well. <laughs> and then and, and instead of blaming themselves and taking ownership of the situation, they blame the market. Because um, we've heard we heard all sorts of things. We've heard like, oh, for example, uh, December, like Christmas time is like the worst time to trade ever. Um, that's that's the month I did a thousand to eighty eight thousand. Not only <laughs> December, the Christmas uh, rally or the Santa rally, if you like. How can you not take part in the Santa rally? Yeah, and we we've even even in business on a business front, we've decided to not accept norms. So, like for example, the last few years, apart from probably last November, we decided to make a shift here, and that is where July and December historically have been our worst sales months as a business. And last December was a record record breaking month for us, and then this July was very close to a new record-breaking month. <laughs> we said, no, we're not going to accept these months as crappy sales months. We're going to figure out a way to turn that around. The same thing can apply in trading. If, you're, if you've been told certain months suck to trade with, um, don't accept that. <laughs> Just stick to your rules. You know the or rules. You know the signals. This is, or there are certain times of day that are, are much better in, oh, as right. far as phase one stuff. I, I'm not sure that I'm 100% agreeing with that. I think that per person, you can find times that are that are different, right? Different like, behaviors. for example, I'm actually the most effective uh, in the evening times. Yeah. But personally, it weighs me down thinking about getting to that point in the day because I, I really want to get it over with kind of thing. Like, get in there and get it, get it done and get out. Like, the yeah. whole idea is like, get in, spend that minute. So it's on my mind. I, was, I did get it done the first thing in the morning, part of my morning routine instead. Now, I'm not as effective, but I'm so consistent with it, right? That's That's kind of the key. And so I spend an extra five minutes, maybe 10 minutes in the morning. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> but you no. find the times that work better for you, either personality-wise or just in general, the way that you structure your lifestyle. Category-wise. So they, let me give you an example. Like for income-producing activities, my best is, you know, morning to like afternoon, afternoon-ish. Like those, those are the times when I'm, I'm doing the most uh, income-producing activities. Not to say that I'm not doing income producing activities in the evenings, especially when I don't have the kids. Like, for example, my passions, best time for me to drive my passions are in the evening. Like tonight, uh, Travis and I were probably going to record some music. It's going to be something that's going to be able to be used long term. And that's a producer. 10 minutes to convince him to get yeah. a new guitar. <laughs> he was like, Travis, you should get a new guitar. I was like, yeah, but you should. He was like, okay. <laughs> I came to Idaho to buy a new guitar. How'd that happen? Anyways, yeah. So it just, and it's a write off, by the way. Oh, yeah. You learned that in phase three. We do more of the things we love with the people we love most. That means that we, ah, man, I, I can't tell you how many things that we continue to make more money and we continue to, you know, have awesome expenses in all the areas of the four pillars of prosperity. We're almost writing off almost everything. You got time management is what we teach about. We teach about health, which we've got programs coming out for that as well. We teach about relationships. We teach about finance. So every area you can possibly think of, we're basically, what did you say the other day? You were like, uh, I think I'm going to start making YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff because he ordered from what? What did you order it's from? Just, it's a food delivery service. A food delivery service. And then, of course, it's a company that he'll be able to also advertise. So now he's writing off his food. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Like, 
<laughs> I needed the food in order to create this video yeah. for marketing purposes. <laughs> That's oh, right. It's a tax write-off, baby. It's a tax write-off, right? Yeah. Call me, call me uh, Travis Stewart. <laughs> Travis Stewart. Good Stewart. Uh, but yeah, um, so talk to a really good CPA, by the way. Don't just go ahead and do these things without talking to your CPA. But um, I do, like this whole topic is all about fear. And I kind of want to come back to, like we were talking about narratives and like, this is a big thing that I got coming up in, in my emails is the narratives of like, I mean, even take a look at what's happening. I'm seeing a lot on social media right now, and I'm really hoping it's not the case, but everybody's, you know, posting about this do not comply thing. And it seems like there's discussions of possible, how does uh, Einstein describe it? Insanity. Yeah. How does he, he describe insanity? Is like this, the solution that sounds like, uh, that is being potentially entertained again is to go back into a lockdown. <clears throat> oh yeah. Anyways, Canadian. So, theory. and and what is this narrative that constantly gets pushed? Has been pushed over and over and over again the last few years. Non-essential. Not good enough. Poor. Like we can go on and on of all the synonyms that come with all of these the ways that that we're being like people are being described like it that to me is insane and what are people doing they're believing it you know steve harvey talks about the flea who has a three meter vertical and then you put a flea in a jar and it'll bounce to the you know to the uh to the lid and then after a while it won't even jump to the lid and in society right now we're being told this is your potential when the truth is you have unlimited potential residing inside of you is just waiting to come out right and so the power is truly in proximity the power is in proximity and that's what prosperity movement is all about proper proximity so that you can live out that power and dominion that you were created for on earth as it is in heaven on your creator's behalf on your heavenly father's behalf you're here to have power and dominion on his behalf plain and simply and so we've been like our God-given rights have been stripped away and taken away over the last few years. And we weren't designed for that. You were not designed for that. You were designed for greatness. And that greatness doesn't have to be you doing a whole bunch of like James's FLB method. You know, I, I'm, <laughs> what did you say the other day when I, oh man, it made me laugh so much. It was like, if the CRA ever calls and, 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 and asks about, you, you know, like, what do you do for your business? You say as little as possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, the CRA called me last week. I thought it was for something bad, but it was for something weird. The government was calling me to tell me I was doing a good job with my business. <laughs> but, but anyways, yeah. How do you describe it? Well, I, I try to I try to do as little as possible. And that's genuinely you know, what, what James does. We are conditioned with this idea that you have to work hard, 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 hard to make a dollar. You have to bust your butt for an hour to just make that minimum. Yeah, if someone you, asked me earlier, do I still just... not work Mondays and Fridays, even though it's August? And I said, you bet I don't. Mondays <laughs> and Fridays, I want to... Four-day weekend. I don't care it's August. I'll make as much in the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and in pockets of time, too. Like, it's yeah. it's interesting how the, the companies continue to grow, and everything we do continues to grow. Record months continue to do that. And I, I just feel like I'm, I continue to do less. 
but the things that are being done are more impactful. This is the whole point of driving more impact and income with intentionality. We're here to help you drive more impact and income with intentionality. You can be way more impactful with 30, 60 minutes of trading than you can be with an entire week. And it sounds like in James's case, three months of working. <laughs> right. What, what kind of impact do you have from the, the tasks that you're, you're doing? Okay. You, being good at your job is a skill set that you learned. Being good tra at trading is a skill set you will learn. It's that simple. And then getting good at diversifying so that you can, you know, move your tax, you know, uh, your, your, your tax, uh, what is it, your bracket, your tax, tax liability, tax liability, you can move that down, you know, like, again, most traders don't understand that when you're, you're set up as a sole proprietor and a broker, you're being taxed capital gains, 30%, 30 to 50, 30, 30 to 50%. Right. Yep. But if you set up proper infrastructures, all of a sudden, you know, depending on the laws of the land, we're talking about 11 to 7%. And with proper diversification in place, efficient and effective intentional diversification in place, now all of a sudden you can offset those taxes just as much, just as well. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So I'm trying to think of like a, another thing, James, because your, your emails this week were, um, a lot of good questions to ask. I, I did also like your comparison to counting cards when it comes mm. to trading. Um, do you care to elaborate a little bit on that here? Well, we look at the bars and they tell us what's happening. We are literally counting cards. If, you, if, you, if you're aware of the game 21, blackjack, whatever you, you want to call it, you can physically count cards to give yourself a mathematical advantage as a, as a gambler. Well, we can physically count the bars and their reactions with each other and with various indicators and what have you to give ourselves the same, if not a better advantage. A gambler at a table has to have someone sit there from the minute that first shoe is fresh. A shoe, a blank deck of cards, you don't know what's in it, you don't know what's going to come out first. It has a base value of zero. And as cards are dealt, it comes up with a score. We can look back at the chart. The minute we sit down, we can look back and say, well, there's all the cards that were dealt. Thank you very much, dealer. It's like going up to a blackjack dealer and say, what have you dealt before? Oh, those say, see the way they're laid out? That's exactly the order I dealt them. Can you hang on a minute while I just add up the value? Well, okay, thank <laughs> you very much. Imagine a blackjack dealer doing that for you. Well, that's what the charts do for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Because I, I mean, that's because a lot of people, they talk about trading as if it's gambling. And in one sense, it kind of is, but it's it's more embrace like it. that's fine. Embrace it. It's gambling. That's OK. I'm all right with that. I, I had this exact discussion the other day. Are we traders or are we gamblers? And someone was fiercely defending. We're traders. We're traders. Don't call me a gambler. I don't care. But I'm a professional. Whether you want to label me a gambler or a trader, I don't care but I'm a professional and I will do it properly. That's what matters. There is a right way to do it. I know what it is. I'll do it the right way. Well, what's the difference the between a counting cards at the table, not the guy sitting there jamming the button at the slot machine, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and what's the, what's the difference between addiction and ambition? Cause there's, there's a, a line of how you're pointing your energy, right? It's how you're pointing your focus. 
Well, addiction, right. you're right. not really results orientated. You've just got to be there pushing the button and getting your fix, getting your high, right. getting your adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. But ambition, I'm waiting for the right move, uh, which is just kicking in now, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for the right move. And, uh, and once I see the right move, I'm doing the right thing. And that's ambition. Now I'm measuring and managing every single move on that. Anyone watching the Dow, there was a signal at the end of the bar that's closed now and already you're up um, substantially. I don't know, you, you probably aren't on it, Guy, but there you go. What is it? It's uh, 16 pips still going. It's below the big round number, so 10 pips with your finger on the button is your worst case scenario. That's ambition. I'm not taking the loss now. In fact, my worst case scenario is a plus 10. Nas is open on the other screen. Open the DAO and have a look at that uh, guy because there you go. You can see the signal. You know what I'm on about. You know that we were waiting for that. Yeah. Imagine being guy and just getting like a private, private <laughs> session here on the podcast. The guy, I, you know, he's in the sessions, isn't he? And he's doing really yeah. I'm interested if he's uh, be careful now inside bar. So you're still fobbering with 10 pips. You're up, what's that, 20 now? That's oh. all right. Them's good yeah, numbers. Guy says Naz is open on his other screen, so that's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, that was a signal as well, but it's not as many pips. The Naz is offering you, it was 15 pips, now it's only about six or seven. Still, you know, it's still in play. It hasn't decided yet, but there's uh, there's more pips on the DAO. It's because the Todd is coming up on the DAO, you see. That's why I've got the DAO open. So when I think about, when I think about like trading and gambling, um, I think more about like the risk side and no matter what decision you make in any aspect of life, a career decision, moving family decisions, having kids, there's always risk involved with literally every decision you make. Yeah. And with those decisions, what you do is you weigh how much risk. And if you know how to count cards at a blackjack table, you have significantly less risk if it was legal. You have you have a lot less risk than somebody that goes in blind, right? In trading, it's no different. We know how to count the charts, count the cards, if you will. And so we're sitting down. Yeah, there's risk. There's risk in every decision. But we know how to make it from a probability standpoint, one like very much in our favor to the point where James is losing four times a year. Like that's that's outstanding. <laughs> And we're predicting every move that we take. You know, we don't go randomly. Oh, look, there's a signal. We're predicting. We're waiting for this to happen. And when it happens, we're going to push the button and we're either going to sell it or we're going to buy it. We're predicting every single move. If we didn't, like today, I didn't predict the short, so we missed it. But the three o'clock thing, yeah, we were all over. We should have been all over that. I was anyway, so. Right on. Right on. When I do, you know, when I get a better camera one day, I will physically show you a proper card counting trick. I'll actually perform it when I can do it on camera because that camera won't see the cards. You need to be able to see that I can't see the cards, but I'll be able to pick out cards um, in, a, in, a, in a fashion. Three cards out of a deck of 52, I'll be able to pick the three out spot on. It's simply card counting cards. <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. Um... One other thing that you you had mentioned in your emails, I wanted to hopefully get get more insight on with you, um, James, is that you you have this saying, and I've heard you say it before, where 
when you treat trading like a hobby versus treating it like a like a business can you yeah. talk about that yeah if you treat it like a job it will pay you more than any job if you treat it like a hobby you'll always have a job <laughs> right and that's it take it seriously and do it properly and treat it like it's your employment i i did one time draw up a, a sort of a spoof employment contract but you know it was drawn up tongue in cheek, but it's real. It's a contract between you and you that you read and agree you will follow what you've written in that employment contract. And then it makes quite a difference. I'm sorry, I'm smiling. It's just that the Naz and the Dow are both doing what was predicted. Where um, is it at both, now? It's uh, the, the Dow, you have like 30 pips on the table and the Naz um, from 30 to, oh, 23. So it's, Doing all right. I'm still hoping we've got uh, more to come in, in the um, at the Todd later, but we'll see. Might need a pullback before we can have that. So let's just take pips here and not worry. What are some What are some things that people do when they treat the when they treat trading like a ha- a hobby instead of a job? What are some bad things that they do? Well, they'll see a big big move, and then they'll say. Oh, I'll just start trading midway in the big, big move. Or like it often consolidates after a big move. So you need a reason, a really good solid reason to go in. And then you can't have a big stop loss because maybe it is consolidating still until you see it move. There's some of the rank amateur things. The other things are, I had this one guy once and you'll never, I'll still, still don't understand but um, he said to me, he rang me and he said, you said that I could do this in a one minute and I'd get good moves. And uh, here I am trading away and nothing's happening. And I said, are you trading now? Yeah, yeah, I'm trading now. It was 9.30 on a, a, a Thursday, some evening. The markets are closed. The sun has gone down on the USA. It's over the Pacific. The, 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 the Asian session isn't open yet. And you're expecting there to be something other than a little jittery, jittery, jittery. What is wrong with you? You know, that now you're, you're hobbying that. Oh, I had a couple of minutes after nine o'clock and I thought I'd push a button. What? You know, you, you've really got to look for the reasons why it might move. The opens are brilliant. The market overlaps are brilliant. Um, news, if you get it right and if you're careful around the news, great. Um, if, if you trade over news and you haven't considered all the other factors, yeah, you're walking in with your chin out. Eyes wide shut. You're going to get clunked and all. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of reminds me. So this whole job versus hobby thing, it's that's the whole you're interested or you committed. Yeah. So if, if somebody treats it like a job, they're they're constantly in the state of learning, right? Like yeah. James, even you yourself, you're still learning. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Every day I try and learn something new. I don't yeah. always learn something new every day, but it doesn't mean I'm not working on it. Guy will be able to confirm for you. I might have flashed it up on the screen earlier. I'm working on something that I can release to everyone as a Christmas present this year, you know? That's right. Yeah. I, so I like to even think of it as like there's another layer of if you can treat it like a business. I mean, if you're an employee, good to look at it from a job standpoint, but you, you're going to dive into a lot more proactive productive behavior when you're treating something like a business between a business and a job there's such a big difference in the way you approach things yeah you know what i mean because like i mean you take ownership 
ownership, yeah, there's, of, the problem, ownership, ownership like, of the fact there's there's another level of it there with with a, you know being a business owner versus being the employee because you're not really truly invested into what you're doing as an employee as a matter of fact you are looking for reasons to do less and less and as a business owner especially in the beginning you are really honing it in and you might even be putting in more hours than what you did as an employee but it's that sense of freedom because you're it's it's a choice right it's a choice that you chose you put it into it like at, at, in the beginning of my entrepreneurial you know journey it was like 16 to 20 hour days but it was liberating because i chose to do that to make sure that i was setting proper foundations to make sure that you know and now i'm pretty sure i've been on the couch most of the day today I'm gonna be real <laughs> i did write an email <laughs> yeah no i wrote I mean, an email I, you know you even even for I agree with you. There, there's actually, I, I call this multiplying your time. So yeah. let's look at, for example, let's look at Janelle. Okay. Janelle, you're a great example of this for, for me specifically. So before Janelle hopped on board our team here, I was the one coaching everyone in phase one on top of my other responsibilities for the business. Right. And what I did is I spent extra careful time directly with Janelle to help her become the amazing coach that she is. And of course she's grown way leaps and bounds beyond what I, what I taught her, but to get her to the point, at least where I was <laughs> to take my place, I spent extra time doing that, but now I don't have to do every call recording of all of our students and everything. That's now Janelle's responsibility. Oof, I just freed up a lot of time. Right. So that's, that's multiplying. That's what business owners do. And you recently did it with your emails too, because you were yeah. also writing all the emails every week for the longest time. And now you got like four or five other people doing it. Yeah. Right now. So Actually, well, you've got five people, and, five extra. And people they're writing them better than mine. <laughs> so Janelle's coaching better oh. than I was coaching. And uh, you guys are writing emails better than my emails. So I love it. Yeah. And, and I'm back on that concept of uh, either working for your job or you know being a business owner so either an employee or the owner as an employee you will only ever get paid based off of the time that you put in you it requires time input and for most people that that literally means an hourly wage okay there's a few other ways to get paid too but an hourly wage and if you go and you work eight hours at your job you are entitled to eight hours of compensation okay but as the owner, you can go work eight hours and not make a penny. It might cost you money, actually, until you have things efficient and impactful, right? And so the idea is when you go into the, the position of being a business owner, or in our kit, we're talking kind of figuratively here, right? But taking ownership of what you're doing, then it's in your best interest to make it very impactful and get efficient with what is actually productive for making money. Because you can go work your eight hours, but it doesn't mean you're going to get paid unless you do it the right way. You mm. own the risk and the reward just mm. like trading yep you own the risk and the reward yep and here's the best part because i feel like a lot of business owners the reason that the stats for businesses succeeding are not so great <laughs> there's a couple of reasons for that um mostly though they don't have the right coach or mentor and so when we look at owning the risk and owning the reward in the trade in the world of trading you're not doing it alone. You've got James, you've got Janelle, you've got Brian, Travis, and myself 
to help guide you. This is part of our elite program where you have resources where you're not just like shotgun approach. Hopefully I hit something effective. No, no, no. We know what works. We've, we've forged this. We've pioneered this path. We took all the arrows for you. Okay. So that you can just come in very methodically. Like Janelle was saying, you start slow. And then Brian said, you move the commas, right? And now you're consistent. Now you have a full-time income and everything is hunky-dory. And we have this here for you. So you're not in this alone. You're taking on the risk and you're getting all the reward, but you're not doing it alone. And so that's a key part. And Travis, actually, you were talking. We might as well start that conversation a little bit today because we talk a lot about 2 4 5%, but you were mentioning what happens at 1%. Oh, yeah. Here's so if, you, if you. you listened to us before, or this is your first time, it doesn't matter, but if you listen to us before, we talk a lot about the difference between just a small percent change because we, we, we have to focus on percentage gains, not the dollar bills. So I want to go back into a little bit of some context, okay? Wealth is not the accumulation of dollar bills or whatever currency you're using. It is your ability to move that money and purchase resources, okay? And so what this means is like, think of the richest person that you can think of in the world. Most people think of like Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, those kind of people. They're, they're all flying over the oceans and, or at least one of them, let's say Elon Musk is, and his plane crashes and he survives, but he's stranded on an island. Is he now the richest person in the world or probably the poorest, right? He no longer has access to move his money, okay? So when we look at money with trading, the way that we move it is through a percent change, right? And so that is what we have to focus on for us to be able to continue to grow wealthier and wealthier. It's not how many dollar bills you have, it's how well you use them to move, right? And so we look at percentages so exclusively because the idea is if you can do 2%, 3% on 500 bucks, you can do it on 5,000, 50 grand, 5 million. It becomes the same because a percent is a percent is a percent, right? So we're so focused on this. We want to try and extrapolate this to paint a picture of what you can do within a reasonable amount of time, okay? Because generally speaking, I think we all, if we can just push a button and become ultra wealthy, we would, but that doesn't exist. It's magic. It's not real. All right. So what we have to do is take a mathematical approach and, and try and figure out a plan to get from point A to point B. In our plan, we often talk about this kind of this idea of one year. But if you read some of our emails a few weeks ago, we were talking about how so many people overestimate what they can do in one year, but they severely underestimate what they can do to two and three or four or five years. Right. So I, I did some math recently today. Um, and how we're going to kind of start changing our message is two percent on 500 bucks. In a perfect year, okay, don't expect perfect, it doesn't exist, but in a perfect year, that turns out to almost $90,000, just about, okay? Um, 3% on the same 500 bucks is 1.15 million. 1% change is astronomical on compound interest. 4% is closer to 15 million. Yeah, it's ridiculous, okay? But again, we don't expect perfect, so our, our idea is like if we can aim for 3%, even if you're only... If 90% of the time you're you're being a bonehead and you still only make 10% of that, that's 115 grand. Who couldn't accidentally wind up with that and not be happy, right? So the idea is how do we purposely do this and get really good at it so we can get as close to that, you know, perfect year as possible? Well, here's the thing. Even if you're you're studying and you're aiming for 2 or 3%, uh, you're like, you know what? I need to slow it down a little bit so I can speed up, okay? 1%? Over three years is roughly that same 1.15 million. Would you work for three years with something that will produce a million dollars? 
I mean, yep. why the hell not? Would you, that that is what else can you do to be able to have that kind of return? Have... Many people never make a million dollars, and let's face it, with our economy right now, a million dollars actually is not a whole lot of money anymore. The term millionaire is now kind of ubiquitous for a lot of people. It's not very impressive anymore. We got to get in and I know that kind of polarizing concept for a lot of people, especially if you're hearing it for the first time. But even just back from the early 2000s, a million dollars went a hell of a lot longer way. Yeah. Now we have so many yeah. more things to. Well, the, the the other thing about that is like just like witnessing our students right now because we do have students that there's a handful of them that are really keying in on this right now they're just they just kind of like found it within themselves and being themselves and finding their comfort and like we got guys like uh oh man uh well look at that post i've just put up from that lady who's done i don't know what percentage that is but she she had 300 she's got 1200 that's that's a real wonky percentage She's got three times profit what she started with, or in balance four times what she started with. But right. I mean, the three hundred was theirs already. That's some right. hell of a percentage. I mean, that's huge. We we have tons of students that are doing great things like that. But I really like even highlighting the ones that are, are that are being true to themselves and going with their comfort. Right. So like Quentin, yeah. Quentin doesn't aim for two and three percent anymore. He aims for anything between 0.5 to one percent a day. And the guy hasn't lost since April of last year, yeah. right? It's what he feels most comfortable with is what he does over and over and over again. Um, I think we're witnessing right now, uh, again, I mentioned him last week, but he recently had his first lost day live or his lesson day, his first lesson day live. And now he's back within the next day, made it all back and then some. Uh, what do we have here? Bo Mr. Boudreau, Hunter. Hunter's rocking it. I hey, just love watching this give, guy. Can we give a shout out to Shane? Because yeah. he did his first withdrawal this week. Oh, Shane? Yeah, what? I know. Come on, bro. That a boy. I remember when Shane was like super struggling. Oh. And you actually brought in another another big gun. Like you brought him to, we, we got a, a coach outside yeah. of our, uh, like we're good friends with him and Blair Duntley. Blair, no, it's Dunkley. Sorry, Dunkley. Blair Dunkley. Guy's a brilliant man. Uh, he lives just a couple hours away from me in, in Canada, eh? But, <laughs> but like, you know, this is the lengths that we go for the students, okay? Yeah. If it's not working, we find a solution. If there's a problem, we find the solution. And that's so cool to hear that, Shane, because, I again, I, I can't help but not forget the fact that there was some serious struggles and months worth of serious struggles. And well, now quit. he's got, we've got Jerry going over there to join in on the calls with, with Blair as well. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And, and so what's, what's cool too about Shane is um, when, when he started, like his biggest challenge was going from demo to live and just the way that he was thinking between fake money and real money. And uh, he will be the first one to admit to you that the only problem, the problem was not the strategy. The problem was not anything other than the way he was thinking and feeling in front of the charts when he was trading live. And once he got that under control, the guy has been a consistent machine. <laughs> He's just been that killing. That is a learnable part of the skill. Yes. For anyone listening, if you have those kind of you know emotional struggles as well, it is a learnable thing to overcome. Yep. 
Coming from a guy who is diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome, high functioning form of autism, I'm telling you right now, you can actually get to a point, no matter where you're at and what you're dealing with, of how to manage your emotions. You like even like working with these guys, they'll tell you like from years ago to now. I mean, you've heard me say bull in a china shop. Am I as much of a bull in a china shop or am I turning into a cat in a china shop? A, a lion. A, a lion. <laughs> okay. He's a big boy. I'm six foot tall. How do you think? How tall do you think this guy is? <laughs> this is not six foot tall. Stop it. <laughs> Let me have my 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, let's wrap it up here. Uh, Brian, do you have. Do you have the link? You just <laughs> yeah, I just posted it in there. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, for the thousands of attendants and the millions watching at home, let's get ready. Just, there's a link, okay? So, in that link, it says go.prosperitymovement.online forward slash prosperity team. If you have not done your due diligence yet, if you have not learned, like, the true value that we have for you and how we can help you to drive your dreams and back engineer your full power and potential so you can do more of the things you love with the people you love most, go ahead and click on that link. We have a gift for you that is going to help you accelerate your results in your trading journey and pretty much every other area of your life. It'd be kind of silly for you not to just dive right in. So go ahead and click on that link and there is a prerequisite to getting on the call with us with that gift is the blueprint. It's about $400 and $470 or 500 bucks worth of value that we're going to give to you completely complimentary. Uh, and what were the other things that you wrote in your uh, little breakdown today? There's a, there's a few things that you, oh. I think we're also going to start to throw in a couple other things. Oh, we'll do. Yeah. For those check who this out, check this out. Yeah. For those who take advantage. Yeah, yeah. Whoever's taking advantage of this right now, we're actually going to throw in some extra goodies. And I'm actually going to leave that carrot a little mystery for you too. So once you sign up for it, we're going to send you some some messages that'll that'll kind of clear clear all that up for you, and we'll we'll send it your way. Actually, it, we'll we'll just say because James just dropped jumped off right now, but it's oh, we won't it's get trouble then. We, yeah, but what what is it? Is James's pure his, his master trader wisdom master trader wisdom program? We're also going to throw that in there for you. So this is just bomb.com so jump in that link we look forward to meeting you very soon we look forward to getting to know you learning about what your ideal next three to five years are to look like and we're here to help you back engineer that awesome thank you everybody for being here have a good one we'll see you next week cheers Bye.